I want to say a word of welcome uh, to those here in our sanctuary, to those attending the well and the well cafe today. If we have not met, my name is David. I serve as a senior pastor here and appreciate uh, being here with you and sharing with you. I want to ask you a question uh, right off the top. Can you tell that we love Christmas? Uh, is that clear? I want to make sure you didn't miss that as you uh, step foot on campus today. Uh, if you have walked through the atrium space, perhaps you have seen uh, that it's already filling up. I don't know, by 11 o'clock we may not even be able to walk through there with all the gifts that you're bringing for Angel Tree. We love, love Christmas. There's lots of reasons to love Christmas in the life of the church. There's lots of fun things going on, great events that we look forward to. We look forward to 45 different Christmas Eve services coming up here in a few weeks. Lots of opportunities to celebrate Christmas, to, to share the light of Christmas. Uh, we look forward to sacred songs and singing those songs that we love so well. O come, O come, Emmanuel. O come, all you faithful. Joy to the world, away in a manger. But we also love Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, and we wish you a Merry Christmas and Frosty the Snowman. There's so much uh, that we love about this season. And earlier this week, one of the things that I share with the staff is uh, part of what I love about Christmas is that I recognize that I'm a, a recovering stick in the mud. Do, do you know what that means, stick in the mud? You heard that phrase before? If, if not, have you ever heard the, the phrase fuddy-duddy? Uh, that's kind of who I am. I'm kind of a fuddy-duddy. My, uh, my wife and I are perfect for one another. Uh, together, we are the most boring people in the world, really. Uh, our bedtime is 9.30. Uh, in fact, Friday night at 9.30, our kids wanted to start a movie. And that may not seem like that big a deal to you, but in our house, like, that took a powwow. Like, like Stephanie, she said, come in the other room, I need to talk to you. And I was like, what? And she's like, the kids want to start a movie right now. Oh, oh okay, well, let's let them start a movie, and they can just wake us up when it's over. You know, that's, that's kind of what happens in, in our house. Now, that, this normally suits me pretty well, because, again, I, I tend to take life too seriously. It, it, it suits me well, because in most instances, when the pastor shows up, you expect the pastor to suck the fun out of the room. So I meet that expectation pretty well. But, but at Christmas, I, I love that I get, to, I get to take steps forward in my recovery. Uh, I, I love it so much that I often do that. I want to share one of those uh, with you today. And if, and if you don't like it, just recognize this as part of my desire to become a better human being, okay? So I hope we all ha kind of have that desire. So, so here's, a, here's a reflection of mine. I, I picked something up this week just to, just to share with you. I hope you like it. What do you think? Huh? Yeah? Now let me ask you again, can you tell we love Christmas? Because here's the deal, you may be surprised that I spent money to, to, to purchase this, which does come with matching pants, by the way, and a matching tie, if you're, if you're interested. Uh, but, but recognize that somebody made this product and brought it to market with the expectation that multiple people would purchase one of these things. Uh, in fact, when I picked it up last night to bring it up here, I noticed there was something here in the, in the pocket, and I pulled it out. They have little advertisements because the expectation is that as you wear this, so many people will also want one of these suits. You're going to have to pass out little flyers of where you can get something like this. Can you tell we love Christmas? 
what we love so much about this season. We love getting together with family and friends, even among all the stress that, uh, that Christmas can create for us. We, 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 love, we love Christmas. And so in the weeks leading up to uh, Christmas Day, we, we simply want to encourage uh, and, and affirm one another as we think about what Christmas really is all about. Christmas really is about finding and sharing that perfect gift. And so as you heard in that video, we're going to look back on the story that started it all as we think about what Christmas is really all about. So if you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to turn to Luke chapter 1. Uh, if you didn't bring your Bible with you, you can find Luke chapter 1 on page 1589 in the blue Bibles that we have in all of our worship spaces. Uh, we're going to begin by looking uh, at the first characters that we meet uh, in Luke's telling of the Christmas story. And it's two characters who may be surprised uh, that we meet first. It's not Mary and Joseph. We begin first with uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And I want to direct you to verse 5, uh, 6, and 7. Listen to what uh, Luke shares with us about this couple. Uh, he says, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. Uh, his wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly, but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. So a couple of details we learn about this couple right off the top. We learn that first Zechariah is a priest, which kind of sounds like a big deal. He's a part of a particular division of the priesthood. He is not one of the chief priests. We'll meet those later in the story. Those were the full-time religious leaders in Jerusalem. So, so what was, what was Zechariah as a, as a standard priest? He was a religious leader in his community. And on an annual basis, Zechariah and other priests who lived throughout uh, the land of Israel would come to the temple, would come to Jerusalem to participate in the, in the temple ritual, to fulfill some of the minor tasks that the priests participated in. So there were 24 divisions of priests. Uh, some estimate as many as 18,000 priests uh, who, who, again, were scattered throughout uh, the land of Israel who, again, on an annual basis would come and participate. Participate in the temple practice. Elizabeth is also from the line of Aaron, the heritage of the priests of Israel. And Luke tells us these were righteous people. They were blameless in keeping the law. But of all the things that had gone right in their life, there was one hope that had remained unfulfilled. They had not been able to have a child. Uh, and then Luke adds the note. I don't know how Zechariah or Elizabeth would have felt about this, but this is how he describes them. He says they were both very old. In other words, that dream they'd had in their life, that hope that had remained unfulfilled, it, it was, it's Luke telling us that life and that dream had just kind of passed them by. Now that sadness that we can imagine in their life, it's the same kind of sadness that any couple would, would feel, same type of sadness that, uh, and hurt that couples deal with today. But in the first century world, uh, there were some additional implications of this. The priesthood was not going to continue in the line of, of their family. That was one thing that would have been a disappointment. But, but in the ancient world, uh, children were the only form of social security benefits, okay? Uh, they were the only, only retirement plan that you really had. And so there is this sense that this couple is already probably experiencing some vulnerability in their life, and that was only going to increase. 
because there was no children to care for them in their, uh, in their older age. Uh, but then what, what Luke tells us next is uh, he tells us about a moment when, when their lives changed. Zechariah is in Jerusalem. He's participating uh, there at the temple. He's burning incense. And in verse 11, this is what Luke tells us occurs at that moment. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to call him John. One of the things that uh, I do at Christmas and I bet you do too is uh, we spend a lot of energy at Christmas anticipating the perfect moment of Christmas. Uh, you might think about what it was like as a child. Perhaps you can remember tossing and turning on Christmas Eve night, unable to sleep because you were so excited about what the next day might bring. You were almost a little bit scared to close your eyes as if uh, if you fell asleep, you might miss it all and Christmas would be over and you would not uh, be able to participate in the excitement. There was so much joy and anticipation. And if you have a memory like that, if children or grandchildren are a part of your life today, we want nothing more than to give them those same wonderful Christmas memories, don't we? And so we spend so much time anticipating as the calendar goes uh, day by day in the month of December, our expectations continue to build of what Christmas will be. We think about the perfect Christmas moment at the perfect Christmas gathering with the perfect Christmas meal where the perfect gift is shared. And one of two things usually happens. The first thing is that the moment comes and the gift is shared and it's just not quite what we hoped it would be. Maybe you've got young kids and, and they, they, they've already told you, this is, this, is, this is really what I want for Christmas. And you've thought about how hard it's going to be to get that thing. And so over the next few weeks, you're going to work really hard to find that thing. And then on December 23rd, or maybe even the 24th, they're going to change their mind about what they want for Christmas. And that moment's just not going to be what you hoped it would be. Or maybe the other thing that might occur, maybe this has happened in your life before, the moment doesn't come. And the gift isn't shared. And the hope, the hope remains unfulfilled. For some of us, this, this picture may be how we think about Christmas or what December 26th feels like for us. Uh, do, do you ever feel like at the end of Christmas, it's like Lucy has pulled the football back again? And that hope, that anticipation, everything that you wanted Christmas to be, it just, it just didn't quite live up to the moment that you really hoped it would be. So notice with me this morning that the story begins, the story that changed all future stories. It begins in the lives of two ordinary people who at this, at this time in their life were living utterly unremarkable lives. Individuals who we can imagine, again, they, they had lots of things that happened in their life that they loved and appreciated, but over the course of their life there was one hope that had remained unfulfilled. Two individuals, a couple, a loving family who had assumed that life had passed them by. But in the lives of these two ordinary people, this is where the Christmas story begins. 
in an unexpected late season of their life, there is an angel that comes to reveal that God has heard their forgotten prayer. That Elizabeth, even in her old age, will in fact bear a son, the one who will come to prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Uh, this week in our house, we had a birthday. My, my wife had a birthday on Thursday, which means that over the course of the last month, I've been collecting all the gifts that we were going to share with her, gifts that I was going to give to her, gifts that the kids were going to give to her. Uh, and when I married Stephanie, we, we started a, or, or for, it was for me a new family tradition. Uh, her family had done it. I'd never heard of this before. Maybe you do this. At your house, do, do the pets participate in sharing gifts? Our dog is a great gift giver uh, in our house. And so whether it's Christmas or birthdays, the dog also, Cody also has to get something for mom. And uh, he gets us a gift every Christmas Eve that we get to open. He's really good. I mean, it's, it's quite extraordinary. And so I had to get all those gifts together. And so my plan was on Thursday, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull those all out of the hiding places that I have put them in so Stephanie wouldn't find them. And, and, and I'm going to have all the gifts ready when, uh, when she gets home with the kids at the, at the end of the day. So, so I go and I find the gifts that I, that I had bought to, uh, to give to Stephanie. I wrap those up and I find Cody's gift, uh, the dog's gift, and I get it all wrapped up. And then I start looking for the, the gift that the kids were going to give her. And I went to the spot where I thought I had hid them and they, it, they weren't there. I thought, well, this is strange. Where did I put these gifts? I can't quite remember. Now, you may be wondering, why don't you just have one hiding spot? That's a whole different message, okay? We can't get into that. This is just, it's just the way my brain works. And so I went to the hiding spot. It wasn't there. So then I start looking at my little home office. I'm opening up every drawer. I can't find it anywhere. So I go into the bedroom. I look in my drawers. I, did I hide it here among the clothes? I go in the closet, look in all the nooks and crannies where I sometimes hide things. I, I get the flashlight. I look under the bed. It's not there. I go to the car. I've got the flashlight. I'm looking under the seats. It's not there. I come to the office. I look in every drawer. It's not anywhere. I have no idea where the gifts are that the kids are supposed to give to their mom for her birthday. And so hours into this, I'm panicking, thinking, where in the world did I put these presents? And it's at that moment I have this vague recollection of putting them in a box somewhere. <laughs> And, and then I have, I have a, an additional moment of panic as I remember that that day I had sent a package to a friend in Oklahoma. It was something that I had also just stuck in a box and I didn't even look in it, look in it before I had sealed it all up. And, and so I thought, oh no, I think I sent them to Oklahoma. What am I going to do? And, and I'm worried about my friend because he's supposed to open this gift and, and find a hat and instead he's going to find a shirt that says... My favorite dancer calls me mom. I mean, it's just, so I message him. I'm like, just let me know. But I'm thinking, no, that's not right. I think it's, a, I, I, that can't be where it is. What did I do? The kids get home. I don't tell them anything. I don't tell Stephanie. We get home at the end of the day uh, at 920 to sit down for dinner because that's kind of the stage of life that we're in. And I have this moment of inspiration of, oh, there's another box. It's in the guest bedroom closet. I go and I find, I find the gifts. Now, why do I tell you that story? Number one, it's December 3rd. And you're going to be buying lots of gifts over these next few weeks. And you should write down where you hide them, okay? <laughs> Draw yourself a map if you need to. So you won't. So that's just a little public service announcement. But, but here, here's the second thing I want you to hear. That as you think about... As you think about finding and sharing the perfect gift of Christmas, I want you to think about today that you just might find it in a place you don't expect it to be. 
You, you just might experience that at a moment that you don't expect to experience that gift. It might happen for you on Christmas morning. As the family gathers and presents are opened and you share a, that, that, that perfect Christmas gathering, or it could happen this Tuesday in the middle of the afternoon. And a conversation where you might expect it to occur or with someone who you just met, a casual encounter where you have the chance to, to share something with someone else or maybe they share something with you. Because God often shows up in ordinary people's lives, in unexpected places, and in those moments, sometimes God says, I have heard now the prayer that you long ago forgot you had ever prayed. That's how the Christmas story begins. It begins at a moment of surprise uh, in, in a place that it wasn't expected to be received. And it just might be that that's where Christmas will be found by you in these next few weeks. And I want you to be ready for that. I don't want you to miss that. I don't want you to get to the end of the, uh, of the Christmas season and to feel again like the football's been pulled out from you and you somehow miss the moment, the perfect gift of Christmas. And so as you move through these next few weeks, I just want to, I want to invite you to think about just a few things. The first is that, the, uh, the, that life and every day of life is God's perfect gift for you. Today is a gift. And should tomorrow come, it will be a gift of God as well. And, and we should be careful not to miss that. Uh, we, we should be careful to, to savor and embrace the gift that life is each and every moment of life. Often we spend so much time looking forward to or anticipating or getting ready for the next day that we forget that God is here today. That there are divine opportunities. This is a sacred moment. There are, there are things each and every day that are God's gift to each and every one of us. And for those in our church family who are having very different Christmases than you may be having over these next few weeks, this is what they would want you to know. That every day is a gift. Those families who grieve the loss of loved ones. We had a family last night who was grieving the loss of a child. There's a 13-year-old who's a part of your church family who this week doctors not only discovered but removed a very massive tumor from her body. For that family, this will be a very different Christmas. And for that family, it's a reminder that every day, every day of life is a gift. One of our most tenacious, crazy, we all try to keep up with her staff members, Amanda, uh, she'll, be, she'll be doing chemotherapy tomorrow. It's a different Christmas for her. It's a different Christmas for so many. But every single day is God's perfect gift. And that gift is often revealed to us in the sharing of life with one another. Which means that the perfect moment of Christmas may not happen because of a gift that you wrap up, but because of a word that you might share this Christmas. Words like, I'm sorry, or I forgive you, or I love you, or I am proud of you. Divine opportunities, sacred moments that we dare not miss. And finally, to remember that we call them holidays because we believe that they are holy days. Days where we are tempted to speed up are days that we should be mindful that God invites us to slow down. You should be willing in the days to come 
to sit still, to take the opportunity to entertain angels among you, to embrace the good news that they would share with you this Christmas. We often think of it as our life and we think about it as our world. And we find ourselves frustrated because we can't seem to find God in it. It would be better for us to realize that our life belongs to the one who gave us life. That we live in God's world. And the perfect gift of Christmas is this, that God has come near and God is actually looking to find us. And so as you move through these weeks and you think about everything that you enjoy about them, everything that you savor about them, everything that is exciting and good, don't miss what matters most this Christmas. Let's pray. Loving God, we give you thanks today that you are willing to work in the ordinary mundane moments of life. And even, Lord, in flawed and imperfect people like ourselves. So give us, Lord, in these holy days, uh, increased sensitivity to what you are doing in the world and what you are doing in our lives. Where, Lord, there is hurt, pain, or grief, would you bring healing, hope, and restoration? Where there is frustration, where there is a longing, where there is perhaps, Lord, a hope that's been unfulfilled, would you, would you meet us in that place with, with the gift of life, life anew? Would you remind us, Lord, that in this sacred season, we remember that you out of love have drawn near to us, hoping to find us, bless us, change us forever. As we receive again, Lord, the perfect gift of Christmas, may we be people of faith who would be willing to give that gift to others. In the name of the Christ child Jesus, we pray. Amen.